All right, everybody. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Tonight we have an awesome show and we got some awesome hosts coming up with some awesome guests as well. So let's go ahead and get our hosts in here and let's start with the one, the only, the on time tonight, Maestro Jeremy Carr. What is up, everybody? Hoss, how you doing, my friend? Doing all right. How about yourself, Jeremy? I'm doing pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. It's been an amazing week for me, and I hope everybody else is doing well, especially with everything going on in the world. I'm, I'm, it's weird. It's a weird way to introduce without, you know, our usual music and everything, I tell you. Well, we're, we're going to get to that. But, uh, all right, let's go ahead and get our other host in here, Mr. Chris Rodell. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back, Chris. Well, how's it going? Going all right, sir. How about what? yourself? Good, good, good. How about yourself? Everybody doing well? I just saw Jeremy Saturday, so I know he's good. I was gonna say I miss you oh so much. I was gonna say it's been way too long. You had did you have a bunch you had a bunch of fun on Saturday, didn't you? I had an absolutely amazing time. I cannot express it enough. I was very grateful to be there. Good, good, good. We were happy to have you. Well, awesome. I love hearing that. <laughs> Well, sorry that you had to put up with him like that, you know. Yeah. Well, who, who are you talking to, him or me? I was going to say, wait, yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. I'll let you decide. <laughs> I've heard it from both ways, so. No, I, right. I, heard, I heard nothing but compliments, so I'm good. We're good to go. All right, well, let's go ahead and get this thing started off here the way we always do with our brand new Wrestle Talk podcast intro. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk podcast. That was badass. That's the first time I heard the new open. I like it. Yeah, that that is an I awesome know. intro. Who did someone do that for you? I don't. Uh... Uh, there's a group that did that. Uh, we're actually going to have them on the show here before long. Um, but their name is slipping my mind right now, and I hate that that, that that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so well. Before we right. get into anything, I think there is something else we, we always do to kick off our lovely program, Haas. Wouldn't oh, you I, say? I don't know if I can handle this today, so but we'll, let's go ahead and go. I know it's I know it's coming. And All yeah, right. let's maybe go ahead this week. Let's go ahead and pay homage to the best damn country around. And that would be America, damn it. Let's see if he can make it.
You know, Jeremy, it's got to bring a tear to your eye. See, even Chris has it. You know, a tear to your it, eye every it, time. It, it gets me every time. Every, I, I know what's coming. It just, I, it just gets me. I tell you. I'll be, fine. I'll be fine. One of these okay. days, he's going to make it then. I'll make it through. I'll make one it through of these one. days, I'm holding out hope. I've been holding out hope for a while, but one of these days. Well, gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you right now. We got a lot. To, I think I think we got a lot to talk about in this first segment, don't exactly. we? Exactly, we oh, really yeah. do. How about so, let's? You want to just get right to it? Well, let's let's do as we always do here. Let's have DJ Money go ahead and bring us into that high spot segment. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. WrestleTalk Podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. What's up? Welcome to High Fives, where we pop news like Rare Chop. We talk shop. Coming through the screen with a laptop. And non-stop like a runner speed with a black top. We hit hard like chair shots and backdrops. I'm a clock flash. We're like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We got the scene while they stay slow. WrestleTalk Podcast. Now they know we about to start the show. Uh. Uh, so, so before uh, before we uh, actually jump into high spots, you want to go ahead and let everyone know you're all sponsors. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, about we to bring that up. So, all right, I will go through, and then Haas. I know the last two you always do such an amazing job with, so I'll save them for you, ladies and gentlemen. Without these following sponsors, the Wrestle Talk podcast would not be where it is today. And for those, we have to thank. They are. Everything Combat, Kincaid, Esports Bar KC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, and of course the FWWC. And and also we have Raf Bun and Graving, who takes care of all of our uh, our mug needs. You know they they do all the Wrestle Talk podcast mugs. If you would like to have your own Wrestle Talk podcast mug, go ahead and uh, let one of us know. We'll be glad to set you up with it. You know, $25. You can have your name engraved right on it. They are high quality, bar quality mugs. And then our newest sponsor, Me Fiesta Rentals. If you are in the KC area and you are sponsored, you are planning a party. Be sure to hit up Me Fiesta Rentals, and they will get you set up for any type of party that you want to throw. Sounds good. Awesome. Oh, awesome. And don't forget, folks, you can tune in. Be sure to interact with us. Send your comments in. We will be sure to get them read on the air. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find Interstate 70 Sports Media on Facebook, on Twitter, eventually Instagram, and soon to be on YouTube as well. With all that said, all the plug-in taken care of, my friends, let's get into what has been one of the wildest weeks in wrestling in a hot minute. What right. you say? You want to start with, uh, like, do we want to go in order? Do we, how about we just start overall, the WWE Universe returning on Friday okay. night on SmackDown? That's the big one. I think out of everything that has happened inside the ring over this past week, the biggest thing has to be what happened outside the ring. And that is, yes, fans, the WWE Universe, returning to full capacity at all events. 
And it is a dream come true. You know, Chris, you and I both, and Haas, you know as well, wrestling's just not the same without crowds. They're what no. made these – it, it, the the I whole agree. the whole the whole fake crowd noise. It, it, they, I know they understand why they had to do it. I mean, we, it's not. You know what I mean, that's fine. They had to put out product, and I understand why. And they adapted. It got better. It got a little bit better with the Thunderdome. But there's not just seeing a crowd back, and that that opening match on SmackDown. Uh, even the Usos got a. The Us- Usos were the first ones out, and they got a pretty decent response. And then. They were kind of in between on Roman. They were still loud, but Mysterio and then Edge, those they could have picked a, probably a better match to come back on on live live shows. So it was a really, really, really well presented effort on uh, on Friday. I totally agree, and I think heading into Sunday, you know, as much crap as Vince McMahon gets, and I tell you, he gets a lot more crap than he deserves. Oh, I forgot about him coming out first. He that, comes out yeah. first thing on the pay-per-view, on the Money no, in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. No, he came out SmackDown, SmackDown. He was, was first it on SmackDown? SmackDown. Yeah, he was first on SmackDown, and he uh, – Okay, he, it was he SmackDown. Said, I think he said – I think he said where six, the hell have you all been? Right. And then left. And, and he just leaves. I'm but like, that's the man boss he, level. I'm telling you. Did he forget why he came out there? I mean, <laughs> but I, I don't know. But I, I tell mean, there's, you really, there's really not much else you really need to say. I mean, right? And it shows. I mean, look, Vince McMahon's a pioneer of this industry. Yeah, he gets a lot of flack, a lot of crap. Some of it warranted. I ain't ever going to disagree on that. But let me tell you, it was great not only seeing the fans back, but it was great seeing that chairman back out there. You know. The no chance in hell music. The crowd's always going oh, to pop. Oh yeah, uh huh. Exactly. will always sing it no matter what. But I mean, nothing, nothing too, nothing too wild and exciting happened on SmackDown. Really, nothing that you really didn't expect. It was just kind of a build towards the pay per view, uh, with the exception of Finn Balor returning. That was about the only major Finn return. Finn Balor returning was great, but I also think. I mean, the spot where Kevin Owens is doing a splash right off the uh, top of the ladder through the table. Yeah. Um, That whole main event, SmackDown just felt, and let me tell you right now, and I've said this on the show many times before, that to me, SmackDown is the A show. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So to have the crowd in front of it again. I mean, it just blew my mind. It was an amazing and, show. And I think I know why SmackDown is probably it seems like it's the better show, better laid out. It's only two hours. Yeah, I can agree yeah. to that. It, it's, uh, I mean, it's easier to fill two hours than it is to fill three because you got to put in so much extraneous stuff on on Raw. But, I mean, Raw was better this week, kind of. There's high and low spots, but... Oh yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. We got to the Friday. Now we got to get to the Sunday. Yes, money in the bank. Money in the bank, folks. And let me tell you, what a pay per view! And the crowd is what. And to me, it's the crowd that made it. I feel like if it was just in the Thunderdome, or if it was just in an empty at the uh, training center, performance center, it would not have been the same to me. I think they did. I think they did right in switching the two pay-per-views because they switched Money in the Bank and Hell in the Cell. They so yeah. so I, th- I, th- I think Money in the Bank was the better pay-per-view to start back on the road with. Right. And let me say this. So I guess we'll go into the 
women's money in the bank ladder match. And I know uh, one of our counterparts, the, the night owl, Renee, had a strong comment about that, about uh, Nikki A.S.H., almost superhero, winning. See, I don't, I don't, have, a, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I don't I, either. I don't see the issue. Like, okay. I, 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 did, not, I did not predict she was going to win. I thought Liv Morgan was going to win. Yeah. The way they were building the storyline, but I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I, I didn't would, think I wouldn't have had a problem. Any of the women winning the money in the bank, with the exception of maybe Natalia and Tamina. But I mean, yeah, but they're tag champs, and it's already right. things are going great for them. So, Hoss, what you think? Yeah, I, I didn't think Nikki would have won it. I mean, uh, it wasn't anything that I expected. Um, I mean, I like Nikki. Don't get me wrong. I, I liked her better before this new persona. I'm not much on the Nikki Ash persona. But apparently, I read somewhere that Vince, when she sold this to Vince, Vince really liked it, and Vince is behind it. So, and that's the thing. That's the to me. That's the most important thing out of all this. It's she came up with. She came up with this herself. Apparently, right. This is not just something that was forced upon her. This isn't like a knuckleball Schwartz or the Bastion Booger type thing. This is something that she loves doing. It's something she came up with that the boss, the big boss himself, Vince McMahon, likes. And we all know how hard it can be for Vince McMahon to like an idea. So if he likes it, you're set. So, but, but if you if you look at the if you look at the ending of the match, you had all you had most of the women up on the ladder and she just crawls up. She basically crawls over Liv to get it. So it's kind of, it kind of fits with her quote unquote surprise victory. She's been getting, I mean, she's beaten Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair and a whole, a whole bunch of others on raw. So it's not like she's not on a roll and they've all been kind of surprise wins. So this is kind of along the same lines. Oh, true. Absolutely. And you know, as far as Liv Morgan goes, everyone's like, Oh, well this spells the end of her career. What they're doing with Liv Morgan is great. I think, especially, you know, with Ruby Riot being released, Sarah Logan gone from WWE, I think Liv Morgan has been here longer than anybody could have predicted, and she has defied so many odds, and I think she still has so much potential ahead of her. And, and I, th- I like the fact that they put, they're going to probably looks like they're going to put her in a little bit of a feud with uh, Zelina Vega, and that can only help because Zelina Vega is awesome as a heel. So I mean, I definitely agree. So for those that don't know, yes, Nikki, well, I guess Nikki Ash, formerly Nikki Cross, won the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. But as for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, Hallelujah, Biggie won, Biggie won the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. I- uh, this, this this year was the most year I was conflicted on. I I can always kind of picture who in my head who I think is going to win the matches. I picked Liv and the women. I did end up going with Big E on the um on this thing I do on on uh, Facebook. It's a uh, where we pick the winners of the matches. I did go with Big E, but I mean I could have saw anybody. I mean win it, but I like the Big E won it. It kind of fits the whole New Day type thing, and it's a. Uh, it, it, it was good. It was good to see him legitimately happy when he grabbed that when he grabbed that briefcase. He looked like he was like like over the moon. I think he's definitely one of the most over wrestlers in WWE. The crowd has loved him for years, and ever since he got drafted by himself to SmackDown, whereas the, whereas Xavier Ro- or Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston got drafted to Raw, 
Everybody's been waiting for that big moment for Big E. Yeah, winning the Intercontinental title was great, but they really waited for that big moment for him. And this is that spark that'll light the flame of his big push. Right. But we do have to kind of talk about the elephant in the room that happened before the the Money in the Bank match. We have to talk about a little bit of the Peacock streaming issue. Yeah. Um, And... And people, were, I, I was re, I was following along. I was over at Luke's house on Saturday night, and uh, I was following along with it, and or Sunday night, and I was following along on Twitter about it. And they're like, "Well, why aren't they stopping the production?" If it, and but apparently the problem wasn't on the WWE end because their international feed to the WWE network was fine. It was the Peacock streaming, the Peacock server, wherever it's located was having problems. So apparently they were able to get the Peacock server switched over to the WWE stream to get, but, but of course it made the internet go crazy for several minutes and it provided for some great entertainment. Well, the funny thing is I actually sent an email to Peacock uh, expressing my displeasure with the way that it kept cutting in and out and everything. And I, I got a response back from them that said, we apologize for any inconvenience. However, the replay is now up. Feel free to go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, yeah, you know. Who wants I, th- to I, I, think if, I think if the error would have been on WWE side, they might have stopped things for a minute and, you know, just to reset things. But WWE had no idea it was going on until they – until they were notified by everyone on Twitter. And so Well, they- I'll tell you one thing. That wasn't the the money in the bank matches weren't the only thing uh US fans couldn't see on the money in the bank pay-per-view. Yeah, the the little bit of the darkness on the Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That uh and the fact that, you know, Rhea Ripley's now kind of just been take the shovel buried her because you know we need to give charlotte as many titles as we can you know half the time her dad won them so but if you see but if you see where they went on monday you kind of understand why they went there yeah i know okay so for those that don't know yet again uh nikki uh ash cashed in her money in the bank the following night on raw and defeated charlotte flair that i obviously don't have a problem with the the problem i have is when you have title reigns becoming too frequent Title changes becoming too frequent. It lessens to me the value of the title. If you're just going to constantly, and this, because this is the third time this has happened to Charlotte Flair. This is the third time somebody's cashing the money in the bank the night after she won the, whether it be the Raw Women's title or the SmackDown Women's title. So there comes a point where you got to say, look, we got to give these ladies some longer reigns here. I mean, the last one to have a really long reign was uh, Bailey and it's unfortunate that she's out for about nine more months because right. it to me she's she, the top female star during this Thunderdome era. I was gonna say she was probably one of the the MVP of the Thunderdome era because she just yeah she she really set the bar. But you know when you are WWE and you are trying to get yourself, you're heading into the biggest party of the summer. You have to, I guess, just bring in Bill Goldberg, right? No. I mean, well, yes, obviously, but but you, you got to go back to the pay per view and they when they brought Cena out. I mean, oh, I was that, gonna save the Cena part for last because ah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things I want to say about that. I want to get okay. to the 
Okay. This, right. You you want to get rid of the bad first. Gotcha. I want to get rid of the bad so I'll feel better about saying the good. Let's put that <laughs> because it's, it, it's therapeutic. My friend asked me, um, my roommate asked me earlier, he goes, who's Goldberg? He's not that big of a wrestling fan. He knows some wrestlers, but he doesn't know all of them. So he asked me, who's Goldberg? I said, Goldberg's like Brock Lesnar, except not an asshole. That's basically the way I could describe it. He's got the great physique, you know, he's very athletic, but he's not there much. The problem the problem with is between Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar can actually, when he wants to and when he's motivated, he can actually work a pretty darn good match. Oh, go, back and go, go, back, go back and look at those matches versus Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles uh, when he had an re- opponent that actually made him work a little bit. So The, the AJ Styles match with, Bill, or not Bill, with Brock Lesnar might honestly be one of my favorite matches since Brock Lesnar came back in 2012. It was really good. And even the ones with like Randy Orton and Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar can really put on good matches. I'm sorry, but and then and I've heard people defending Goldberg that say, Oh, well, when you're Bill Goldberg, you don't need to put on these long matches. Okay, but here's a question. What the hell's the point of Braun Strowman being a champion if all that's gonna happen is Bill Goldberg's gonna come in and beat him? Look what happened. Where's Braun Strowman now? Look at with Drew McIntyre. Look at with, you know, Kevin Owens. You name them, and Goldberg's gone up against them. It just, there's something about a guy that's in his mid-50s going up against, you know, the younger, more upstart star and just beating them in under five minutes. That just pisses me off. And I have every reason to feel that way. Because now he's going to be facing off against Bobby Lashley, who I am all in favor of with this title reign and the almighty gimmick. And the Hurt Business, he's going to face off against him at SummerSlam, and I will not be surprised if Bobby Lashley loses. Well, I, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I, but I, I wouldn't be because it's happened too many times before, and it just drives me insane. Goldberg does not need another title reign. Yes, he's contracted to have two to three matches a year. They don't need to be guaranteed title matches against top stars and just beat them. Like. So what would the you hell? would you rather them have brought back Brock Lesnar to go against Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam? Yes, I would l- rather have had Brock Lesnar go back, go come back and face off against Bobby Lashley. I honestly would, because there's a lot more that goes with Brock Lesnar's character. Brock Lesnar has more of a attitude with him. Brock or Goldberg just comes out and says, "You're next." And just goes, ah, you know, with the spear and everything, jackhammer, boom, pin, one, two, three. Brock Lesnar has literally danced in the middle of that ring with the money in the bank briefcase dressed as a jukebox. <laughs> and then he has Paul Heyman by his side, even though now with the whole thing with the bloodline and everything. But we'll get into that later. Bottom line, yes, I would much rather have Brock Lesnar face Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam, any show for that matter, than I would Goldberg. And that's not knocking Goldberg as a person. This is strictly wrestling related for anybody that's wondering. But I'm telling you right now, it's only a cash grab. There's no reason. And it's hard pressed to find somebody on, you know, that's actually truly in favor of this. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, okay, well, the fans on Twitter or on Facebook are upset about, they're upset about everything. Even when (laughs) Kofi Kingston won the title, people were mad even though they wanted him to win it for 11 years. So I, I'm sorry. That's my rant. I just, it drives me insane that Goldberg's back. And 
Okay. So, so I guess we want to talk about the good with the return of John Cena coming back, who's apparently coming back and is going to do pretty much a full-time schedule this whole summer. He, yeah. He's, he's coming back. Great. He's going to be doing how super, so a couple of the super shows that they're doing on the weekends that were, that the old were be, take the place of the old house shows. So, I mean, so here, here we go. What was that you said? Full time schedule? Gee, I yeah, wish other stars that came back would do that more often. Wow. Kudos to John Cena. I am so happy because guess what? That was, first off, let's just um, discuss another elephant in the room. The meme that Pat McAfee created when Michael Cole said, John Cena's here and he screams where? <laughs> that is self is a meme for the ages. I just want you to know that I am a huge Pat, Pat McAfee fan on commentary on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Same here. He has really revitalized both. I feel like he revitalized Michael Cole's career, honestly. like uh, Cole, the, Cole just said that. He was on Pat McAfee's show yesterday or today and really? said that he's breathed new life into his career. Like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at SmackDown's schedule. Or I'm looking at John Cena's schedule of the summer. He's going to be on this Friday SmackDown, and then he's going to be at the two Super Shows over the weekend. He's going to be on Raw SmackDown, the Super Shows the following weekend. SmackDown, one of the Super Shows the following weekend. Raw SmackDown, two Super Shows SmackDown and SummerSlam. So he's pretty much working pretty much every available date up until up until SummerSlam. And and he's going to be kept busy. And you know what? I'm going to say this right now. It was, and I was discussing this with someone earlier. Okay. Growing up as a kid, you know, John Cena, I, I was a big fan of John Cena because he was this badass. He was this no nonsense guy. It was around the time the Marine came out and everything. So he had that big, you know, never say die attitude. Then the shtick became stale, in my opinion, as the years wore on. You know, because maybe it was either I was getting older or just maybe he was just appealing to the to the little kids more. Then, you know, take some time away. And I'm saying, man, kind of miss John Cena here. Like this was before Roman Reigns big heel gimmick. And I'm just like, damn, I bet I bet you they sold out of his uh, shirts on Monday, Monday night. Oh, they had to have. I'm telling you, they really had to have. But whether you love him or you hate him, John Cena to me will be probably the most polarized wrestler in history. Like more polarized than Roman Reigns and Hulk Hogan and Triple H. He's probably the most divided. But nevertheless, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And honestly, like it just goes without saying. It's not even just because he has 16 you know, championships under his belt. It's just – the work he has put in since 2002 when he came up to the main roster is unbelievable. Like he, almost every week he was there. And some, of it, and some of his best matches aren't on TV or on pay-per-view. They're on the, they're on the house shows that, you know, the most wrestlers kind of just, they're there just to kind of work on that, you know, to work on the main, the build up to the main match. But now apparently you, you go, you go to a house show and Cena's just, you know, He's he's gone full board. It's like it's a pay-per-view every night. Absolutely. And you know, he's gonna challenge Roman Reigns at SummerSlam for the Universal title. And I know in the future upcoming shows, we're gonna definitely be talking about the build-up to the biggest party of the summer. But gentlemen, for now, we have to transition because our amazing first guest is on. 
and we have to give them a proper induction. So <clears throat> let me get a quick little swig of the water and allow me. <laughs> I have to. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he's a native of Puerto Rico. He has trained with so many professional wrestlers known such as Savio Vega, Petey Williams, Big Vito, and Ricky Cruz. He's competed in promotions such as the Entertainment Wrestling Organization, the Championship Wrestling Association, and World Domination Wrestling Alliance. Ladies and gentlemen, a multi-time champion with 12 years of experience, it is our pleasure to welcome you to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, El Lobo. Thank you very much. I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm just waiting for the pop, the crowd. <sighs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, just to clarify, uh, now it's 13 years. As, oh, well, uh, but it's okay. It's all right. Um, and what else? Uh, it's not that Petey Williams trained me, but I took one heck out of the seminar. So just letting it know, you know, I don't like, <laughs> that. hey, I'm very honest. I don't like that. Then people go ahead and say like, hey, wait, you didn't like, no, I didn't train with him. I just got a good, very seminar that, you know, I really apply it everywhere I go. I, I mentioned it. It has helped me till this day. Oh, man. It's all hey, respect. Very good to see you. So, uh, so, Thank you I for having me. I get one question is is what's the difference between wrestling here in the states than wrestling in Puerto Rico? I've talked to I've talked to Ricky Cruz about. It. I know you know Ricky Cruz. Yes. Uh, um, Ricky Cruz is one of my really good friends up here in St. Louis in the St. Louis wrestling scene. But uh, amazing friend. Yes. Uh, what what is the difference between wrestling in Puerto Rico than it is in the uh, in the in the states? My point of view. I mean, eventually in Puerto Rico, you just have to tell a story in a different way of how you tell it in the ring here in, in the U.S. But it's not that, that 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 different because Puerto Rico is like a hybrid of everything. It, it has Japanese, it has Mexican, and it also has U.S. And then, you know, our, our own flavor, what, what our culture already is. It kind of built that unique style. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah, he, that's what he said. It's just like it's a different – it's just a different feel. So yeah. – um, do you remember who your first match was against? Wow, like in my beginnings? Or? Yes, the very first match ever. <laughs> well, back, yeah. All right, non-official, non-official. So I don't add it on the curriculum, but hey, it was really the first time I was in a ring. It was with a friend in a, in a, in a house, and out of nowhere, I'm seeing like 80 people. It's like, oh, wait, there's people here. <laughs> I mean, wrestle. But now officially it was in 2008. It was with the... Promoter's son, uh, his name was Edward uh, Sidon. And uh, randomly, they just said, Oh, it's hardcore. It's like, Well, at least it's going to be more easier for me. Right. Yeah. You know? And, and the people they, liked it. You know, the people was in there. So it was a very good, it was a very good opportunity for me to really like stand out. And I completely lost the fear with, with you know, with, with the crowd. I, I right away in my, my first match, I already had them here, the ball of my hand. And that's, uh, that's what, that's what matters. Yeah. You need to build a connection, you know. I mean, that's how I knew John. And and by the way, I mean, thank you for having me here in, in Wrestle Talk Podcast. And you know, John hooked me up, and you know, I, I met John. I mean, he, he can tell you from his perspective how it is in West Virginia, WDWA. You know, whether it's in Berkeley Springs or whether it's now in in Martinsburg. Yeah, we. Uh, I go watch him all the time, and he is one of the awesome wrestlers. And we're getting uh, messages in our feed here. Yeah, I was going to say that right now. I'm reading it right now. Hey, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Su Susie's saying hello. Megan yeah. Zorel is saying hello. Yep. Uh, Su Susie wants to know how your tag team, the Sambo Show, between you and 
uh, and Sam, Sam started. How did how did that come about? So remember that house that I did that show. That's where I met Sam. <laughs> so there you can kind of already have an idea of how tight our connection was. Then we completely lost communication. And fast forward, when I'm in Carlos Cronome promotion WWCs, he's also making his debut. He actually, made, I don't, I'm not sure if his debut was with me, but or one of his first matches, but it was with me. And it wasn't televised, but we, we, we did very good. And we kind of reunite. Again, same story. You know, life takes us away. He moved to, to Pennsylvania like three years prior to me. I moved just like almost four years ago. And uh, at WXWC4 here in Annaltown, Pennsylvania with the Samoans, especially with Samu, who I send my, you know, I send my big hug to my big goose. I am very grateful with him. If it wasn't for him. I would have been. I would have done that much here in the states. But anyways, to give you the answer, especially to Susie, uh, it was in WXWC four. Uh, I mean, this is already like smart talk, so I know I can just simply say it. Uh, we were just pretty much the best two heels, but we were in our separate things. And one day they say, "How about we unite them?" I mean, they're Puerto Rican, and we just clicked right away. We weren't the Sambo show at that time. We decided not to have a tag team. We didn't want it to be a tag team. We didn't thought it was going to be that long. Uh, no matching gears. No, it was Lobo and Adams. And actually, the Sambo show, it comes from that broadcast we did, but Sam comes from Sammy, Sam Adams, and Bo comes from Lobo, which is me. It's a short way of saying who it was, just to avoid saying the whole full name. We always kept it simple, and from something simple, hey, you know, less is more. And, well, you, you, you can go ahead and say... Uh, John, uh, from your perspective, I know you've been wanting to talk, and I don't let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no we, love it. <laughs> we we have you here to hear you talk. They they don't want to listen to me talk. <laughs> yeah. Less is more in wrestling. You you you, you gotta yeah. you just gotta keep it simple. Yep. Yeah. And and again, build a connection with the crowd, which transition with the first question that you asked me. You know, when it, when it was my first match, it was right there. I knew I had this. I felt confident. So, Maestro, would you like to ask a, a few questions there? I, I always get to talk to the guy, so. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I would just, I, I noticed something that was interesting when uh, I was reading up about you. And one of the things is, like you said, you spent many years in Puerto Rico as an in-ring performer. You right. know, and in some of the promotions, like I mentioned, Entertainment Wrestling Organization, World Wrestling Council, um, and World Wrestling League, to name a few. But it wasn't just as an in-ring performer. You had also done work behind the scenes as a TV right. producer and graphic designer. Take me through that. Like, what got you working behind the scenes with that? Since day one, I always liked drawings. Like, at first it was like, oh, I just want to make cartoons, you know, like do 2D cartoons. Cause 3D maybe was a thing, but it wasn't like what it is today. Right. And kind of comics. But eventually, due to the li limits that were in Puerto Rico, not as today, uh, it wasn't just as easy to pick as to pick that as a career. So I went with graphic design, which was the best thing I did. Because fast forward today, my 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 goals or whatever my goal was, which is do cartoons, which I ended up doing it uh, for for a channel, primary channel in Puerto Rico. But other than that, it, it kind of transitioned. It's like it's like life, you know, like it's kind of like full circle, and that really helped me. So it also helped me to develop how to tell a story, not just in the ring, but outside. And I don't know, man, I kind of click with it. I, I like it. I, I kind of put it, it's like art, you know, and when you put art, you put your heart in it. And I just like it. I keep going until the day I really say, all right, this is it. But 
I, I'm still enjoying it. I, I'm right now producing a few a few shows. Uh, Immortal Lucha Libre, PRWA, um, WXWC4, which will be returning soon. Uh, th there's a few. Uh, you know, I've been had the privilege to to be their producer or editor and also the person in charge to whether it's doing some or all the advertising. But again, a way to tell the fans, hey, you know, we should go to that show just because that video package hooked me up, which is what I did in Puerto Rico. And, and that also build that also builds you a career after, you know, after the eventual business, you know, after you after you body says no you can't do it anymore which probably won't be for a while but you know i mean you still have something to do after word so you can okay. even build on to that so it, we always need another plan yeah it's all and it's yeah. always great it's always to have a great mind because it all because having a great mind for a backstage thing also helps you in the ring too and and to be honest it was when i had my ankle accident i needed two surgeries i right now have a one plate with seven screws so it's pretty proper with the global thing. I say I have Adam Matthew. <laughs> and uh, I mean, is it that's how it is in, in English, right? Adam Matthew, did I say it correctly? Yeah. I don't want to sound funny. All right, all right, good. Nail We're it. always sounding funny on here. So, you uh, well, it is what it is. I mean, I have a Spanglish, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. so when I had that accident, it, it you know, it, I can't do anything else in the ring, but it didn't stop me from it. That's why I, I mean, I count it. Sometimes if I want to get very technical, say I have around 10 years in ring work, but in the business, I started 13 years ago. Okay, cool. So do you find that your backstage stuff that you do helps you out in the ring too? With, yes. To connect, yes. To connect with the fans? I agree, especially if you have the ability and, you know, I have the blessing as of today. Uh, I'm my own judge and I can, you know, see what was wrong and see what can always go better. And then same thing with my competitors you know with my friends with i can also guide them and help them the best way i can is is everything is a learning experience you're always learning into this absolutely and that that's a thing that i had mentioned when i was doing announcing last week for dynamo pro wrestling and there were some awesome. people that asked how i thought i did I know, thank I you know. very much i, I know they, that. they they're amazing and some people were asking me how I thought it did. I was like, look, I'm my own biggest critic. So for me, if everybody enjoys it, you know, it, or as if many people, you know, enjoy it as possible, I always know I'm never going to be perfect. So I know every single time there's going to be something to improve on, but I love doing it, you know, just yeah. as much as you love doing the graphic design to producing. And that's a very underrated, but very crucial part of the wrestling business of any business, because you guys are what draw in. I mean, obviously, the wrestling part, you know, the entering performances draw on audiences too, but you got you got to hype it up. You got to really promote it. And the you package. Need to put the color. You need to put color. You, you got to add color to it. You got to put, you know, that out there to be like, wow, there's that pizzazz, that it factor that really gets you to go to these shows. And that's what you've been doing. Funny um, fact, uh, I don't know if you saw the. Ricky Cruz versus uh, Super Crazy Dynamo Pro. I was I was the ring I was the ring announcer for that show. I, I did I did that versus mode. I I, I did that. So it, look, look how small the world is when you mention Dynamos. That's why I say I know Dynamo. Like I said, like I said, Ricky Cruz is one of my favorite people to talk to in yeah, in St. Louis. He's he, one. He's so smart. He's just he's got such a great mind for the mind for the business. I love watching him in the ring. Um, his match was super crazy. It was great. He had a great match this past week against one of our uh, champions. This past week, he came up a little short, but it was still a great match. So I mean, he's 
it's just it's just great it, it's just great. you two sound so much alike i mean <laughs> you really do. if you two if you two would be in a building together i think you guys would probably i think i think we should probably bring you guys in for have a match together no why not it's not bad for a rematch oh uh, oh oh have you have you wrestled ricky before yes we have he owes uh, me one. Oh, he oh oh, oh he owes and, you know, and i and i mean it in a respectful way because it's it's been a while it's good to catch up same way friends go ahead catch up well let's catch up in the squirt circle it would be more than an honor you know i'll yeah. go confess the same way he says may god have me confess well i i'm all right with that and <laughs> i'm more than enough i mean if we're gonna do business why not i mean who better than him right right man. Is the, yeah. is the, it is what it is <laughs> so i have to ask okay so as far as getting into the wrestling industry you know, you were trained at the uh, Wild Samoan Training Center in Pennsylvania, I believe. Yeah, I and, also had some training there, yeah. Okay. Um, what brought you to it? What brought you there um, with Samu and really got you going? Okay, so I decided to pick Pennsylvania due to Ring of Honor. At that time, they were at Bristol. They weren't yet in the division that they have now, which one is in Jersey and the other in Maryland. Um, and if I'm wrong, then, you know, Correct me, because maybe I think there were, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was also a Florida territory that was involved with Ring of Honor. I just don't want to say something that is wrong, but I do know that in Jersey with Monster Factory and that in MCW, if I'm not mistaken, there are some connections yeah. with it. But prior to that, I believe they were in Bristol. So my closest bet was move to Philadelphia where I had nowhere. I had no one to, to live with. I didn't meet anyone. And I found an old friend which it was Orfield, close to Allentown. And that's how I connect with Samu, due to, again, Sam Adams. That's what I'm saying. That's why it, it, the tag team, the Sambo show, it's, it's destiny, because it was Sam Adams who brought me to Samu. And till this day, uh, we, we, we were champions with his promotion as well. So that gets to tell you. Absolutely. And see, and that's, it's amazing how those little pieces of the puzzle fit together, like on the right, right. path. To where you want to go and do what you want to love. Yeah. Um, now, one of our, one of our other hosts, one of our other hosts here, Renee Martinez, known as the Night Owl, he actually has a question. He would like to know what is the belt behind you? All right. So there are two. The one and all gold is the NEW, New Evolution Wrestling, uh, promotion based mostly in New York and New Jersey. Recently did shows in Pennsylvania as well. well let's call it the Tri-State. And uh, the, uh, it's the Trios belt. I'm sorry. And then the other one is the PPW Tag Champions, which is I'm also champs with Sam Adams. The same with the other belt. Like I'm, Sam Adams is also the Trios belt uh, champion. It's just that the third uh, partner is Lance Anouai. Ironically, uh, we were just talking about Samu. Yeah, Lance is our, our third yeah. part. Yeah, and there are a few matches already available online. And then the, the one that has some white is the PPW Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. I hope I don't get in trouble. I think it is that. PPW, <laughs> uh, the Tag Champions, which we just had this past Saturday. We just had a show. We, we, did, we did a good title defense. Crowd was in it. It was hot. That's Renee says, hot. hashtag Lobo 2 belts. <laughs> Level two belts. <laughs> That's cool. Any you chance, go. you know, I'll tell you, uh, Nightmare Jones would love to be seeing those belts right about now. I'll tell you that much. He's the he, he's, he's the, the, the belt collector. Right yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and, you, <laughs> and you know Nightmare Jones. That's Joe Lance, the referee from WDWA and a couple other places. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I just yeah. Come on, man. He's thinking our deepest sympathies. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, he is. He is one of our other hosts here. So. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, what so, else you got for me? All right. So, your first eight years um, in your wrestling career were spent in Puerto Rico. Um, what was it that brought you to the states to expand your your wrestling career? Was it just opportunity? Was it just a chance? What really got you there? All of it. And I just felt that that was it. I wasn't going to do anything else in Puerto Rico. I felt like it, it was about time. I had the chance to do it before. Uh, due to m- personal reasons, I returned to Puerto Rico, which I don't regret. And right. then again, I said, all right, now I'm more sure. Now I know what it is. I already lived in the States. It's just a matter of go at it. And I just decided to do it and restart pretty much. Because when you move outside your country, you're just restarting pretty much starting from zero. That's very true. It's a whole new different ballgame, whole new different environment. No matter which country you travel to, going anywhere, you know, is a whole new chapter in the book of life. Now, we were recently, the three of us, uh, Rodell and Haas and I, were talking earlier on the show here in the high spots about crowds finally returning to uh, professional wrestling events, you know, even though with the ongoing pandemic. What is the largest crowd you can recall working with? WWC 40th anniversary. It was in my hometown by Amon, and I believe it was over 5,000 people. Okay. And Sting was the main event, was the first and only time he wrestled in Puerto Rico against Carlito. Oh, oh. man. Now that's a... There's a new one for you. I did not know Sting faced off against Carlito. How about that? It is. It is. It Please happens. tell me Sting won. <laughs> does, does, it, does, it, does it make a difference whether there's 50 people in a crowd or 5,000 people in a crowd? I mean, if they're, if they're into it, it, has, it, doesn't, they, it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, 5,000, you're going to have probably a little bit more goosebumps. But. More, yeah, exactly. You feel always the pressure. But you just said the key word is if the fans are in it, keep going. And now, now with this pandemic, I was lucky enough to keep wrestling and for the same shows that I was also producing, right? These promoters, they told me, hey, we want to do this. We can still do it. If you have the facilities, which I did, and I have the equipment, and I just brought a few of the guys, you know, we just started producing wrestling, and it helped me a lot because it's not the same. Now you're really on your own. You have to really imagine people are watching there. Again, maybe thank you, to, thanks to to due to my abilities producing wrestling or looking at it from a different point of view. It maybe helped me how to react and act in front of a camera. And by act, I don't mean that I'm acting in the ring. I mean as of the act of still think that the crowd is in there when it's not, because you need to keep the same. Uh, 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 the, the same energy if you really want to tell the story. That's the most important part. And for me, that was very challenging. So now having 50 people, like Nakamura says, come on! Like, 
bring it on, you know. <laughs> you know, and, I'm and, that. and sometimes in the right building, fifty people can, fifty people can sound like five hundred. We've been in buildings before where just the way the echoes and everything, fifty people sound loud. So I'm just I mean, saying, if it's if it's fifty people that love what's going on, that's all that matters. But I don't know about wrestling in front of. I I don't know if even if I was a wrestler, I don't know about wrestling in front of an empty, you know, with no one there, just you and a camera crew, and I just. I mean, you have to work so much harder to get the stuff over on TV or on video because someone could start a match and not like it and then just move on to the next one. So you, you're very right. That's the biggest thing I feel that the pandemic took its toll on when it came to the wrestling industry because it wasn't that it wasn't profitable, you know. WWE proved their profits were up, you know, on a record pace. But, you know, like you had said, Chris, for wrestlers to have to put up to try to really market those matches and really put them but, over. But I also, but I also think it helped probably some of these wrestlers to work. You know, yeah. they had to they had to think a little bit outside of the box. So it did. Work yeah. out of their element. A lot of wrestlers they evolved in their physique. Others evolved in in knowledge and the time that they really need to take. Others really healed because they needed the break and. They didn't want her to take it because they didn't want her to lose the spot, you know. So there's always some good. Things. I bet you there. I bet you there's a lot of uh, studying of old matches and you know, and during the whole during the whole pandemic. I know I watched a lot more old stuff when I was you know since you know being home all the heat. time. I, I got heat because I started watching Shiki Star and. <laughs> Bronco from Puerto Rico. I mean, Bronco from RD, but when he wrestled for Puerto Rico in Chiki Star, and you know, there was a tournament of promos, and I went all in. And the first thing I decided on my own set is I'll go heel. <laughs> I'd rather people hate, and I just went at it. I, I got some heat. So, yeah, it took me some time <laughs> to watch some old footage and, you know, get a little bit nastier, but nobody should see that side of me anymore. Not yet, though. Yeah, you could never say never, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, a real quick funny story. The very first time I saw this guy, he comes out and he's crawling through the curtain on all fours. Yeah. And me, me and my sister Susan, we looked at each other and we said, what's the deal with this guy? You know, and then they announced his name and everything. It made sense. But we we were just like, what? What is this? At first, it was, yeah, that time with the crawling, it was more because uh, it, it was my first days in there in WDWA. So I need to create some mystery. I need to create some mystique. Now I don't need to do that. I don't need to crawl. I just yeah. stand up, go out, and well, you, you hear it, you know? So it's a, it's, it's a development process. Yeah, we, we weren't sure what to do the first time. <laughs> I, I didn't hear you, Maestro. What? I was saying it's, uh, it's basically just your way, especially when it's your first time. You go out there and it's drawing eyes to the crowd. You know, exactly. that way they can be like, what's this guy doing? It's an unconventional type scene. And as you evolve more, like you were talking about the evolution of a wrestler, and eventually they're used to you no matter what the heck you do. Correct. And they enjoy seeing you. That's what matters. Exactly. You know? Now now we're some of his biggest fans and can't wait to see him at the shows and stuff. We love him to death. Thank you, man. I mean... I I communicate to the promoter, right? He already knows. Uh, due to my compromise with PPW and having the tag belts, most of the shows coincide, 
and you know my responsibility as a champion is being there but like always you never know when it's time you know and my the doors will always be open i hope that at least before the year ends you guys can see me again because i i really left very pumped and very hyped that building wanted to erupt and i i i left very happy that night and again just like how how maestro just said you know People get happy to be back at the shows, you know. They, they feel that excitement. So it's, it's a vibe. It's an energy that, you know, people it's, get to. It's like, it's like they have all this pent-up, like, emotion and energy. Yeah. And it's just we, – we had our second show back. We, we've only had two shows back since the pandemic. Our first show was really good. But I think our second show we had was even better. And it just oh. – it felt like it felt like they were – they were from, from the opening time we did our opening announcement to the end of the night whenever we announced the winner of the main event, they were – they were loud and they were they just they were pent up. So you know, I mean that's what that's what eighteen months in, in at home does to you. You know. Yes. <laughs> I was talking to uh, one of the wrestlers at Dynamo Pro, and I feel like this is a sentiment that you can share as well. You know, it's back to the old adage that you never truly appreciate what you have until it's gone. And for eighteen months, you know, a lot of these independent promotions, a lot of you know, a lot of wrestlers did not have what they loved and that was to go out there and wrestle. So yep. as we're finally getting back into the swing of things, you know, and getting back between the ropes. And that that's what it's a refreshing feeling. And that's when you know it's a good independent like a good independent promotion is because a lot of independent promotions aren't coming back, you know. They yeah, they've had to good. they've had to sell off assets and stuff like that. So yep. but but the good ones come back. The good ones find a way. Yeah. So we we've heard how Sambo show came to be uh but how did you get the name El Lobo? How did that come to be? It was already around my six years already into the wrestling. And I mean, it's a, it's a weird story. It kind of is going to sound cheesy. Not like everybody asks me that every day, right? Uh, <laughs> I think there could be some love story into it. You know, some some sort of uh, uh, inspiration in it, you know. But but I I think it's I'm a comic book freak. I love Marvel. I love DC. I mean, I I, I like Japanese animation, but I always clarify and make the 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 parenthesis. Even though I'm enjoying what Netflix is putting now, uh, I don't have the same time as I used before. And even though they hate it, I'm a Dragon Ball Z fan and. Whoever has a problem with me, just I'll punch him. <laughs> That's it. No, but <laughs> no. On a serious note, uh, honestly, I love Wolverine. I like that character, and then I find out about this Lobo character from DC. So it's all like coming together from one way. It, it, I, I try. I pretty much never portrayed Lobo the the character from DC, and why would I? Besides, copyright infringement. Come on. You know, you can pay some tribute, but you got to be original. Come on. But but what I mean is, that's why mostly is El Lobo, because Lobo could be anyone, but El Lobo, the wolf. And honestly, my 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 social media, all of it is at Siler Wolf. Usually it was Siler Wolf. The name is Siler Andrews. Before the wolf, it was the electric. It was an electrico. It was like a very hyped guy with electricity and a lot of lightnings in the... And, and the gear and me throwing light sticks and hey, hey, and people were with it. And then the complete transition when I made my debut to the biggest promotion in Puerto Rico, Carlos Colon's WWC. And that, that's when I brought the wolf. 
but I was already getting bookings in the States. And again, you know, uh, a little bit from here, a little bit from there, I brought it up. And from El Lobo, now it's what I'm pretty much advertising now, which is Project Cerberus. Uh, coming as soon as, I don't know, the next few days, as of this Saturday, I have a very special show in Chicago. I mean, in Berwyn, near Chicago. At WOWT, WOWT as they call it. And there's going to be a new chapter in this 13-year career that I've been having as a journey, so... Yeah, it's a merchandise kind of advertising technique, but it's also a real story. There's a there's a lot of story in it, and you guys will be one of the first to see it soon. We look forward awesome. to it. Looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. So, uh, I guess uh, where can we find information on you, or where can we get merchandise for you? Where can where where's this where's this project going to be? Where's uh, where, where can we see? Do you have a YouTube channel? Give us all that information. Correct. Social and, media time. Yeah, <laughs> social media time. That's the word. All right. So each and every platform, as of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all of them you can find it at Siler Wolf. All of them have the same name at S Y L E R W O L F. And you know, I'm kind of outdated in the YouTube, to be honest. Very busy. I'm about to con to to hire someone, you know, that can run that for me. I'll just make a cloud, you know, open up an account and start putting footage there because I have a lot of content. There's a lot of me that no one has seen, and you know, I think like I'm missing it. You know, I shouldn't, but yeah, at Siler Wolf at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, awesome. we want to welcome you to the Wrestle Talk family. And uh, before we let you go, because we know you're very busy and on a time schedule and got to be getting out of here. Yeah. But before, <laughs> before we let you go, we just want you to uh, promise us that you will come back and uh, tell us more about your, your uh, what you've got going on and everything. So, Of course I will. I promise. And right. I'm really looking forward to finally make it to St. Louis. It's been like I've been trying. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Ricky. I'm gonna talk to Ricky and see what he can how, how we can make this happen. So that I would love Absolutely. one heart one heart punch, and that's all we need. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, oh, he, he, well, he will he will know what I mean. It is a rib. I don't mean it as an insult. It's okay, so so I, so I say that someone wants to come give you a heart punch that you might know, and he'll know what he'll, he'll know who I'm talking say, about. Oh, God, not him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just a rip. It's a friendly rip. Yeah. But thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you, Susie, Aaron. I've, I've been reading the, the, the comments, you know. I'm trying to be multitasking here, but I appreciate the love and I appreciate the support. Awesome. It's a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, El Lobo here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Thank you very much. Bye. Until next rodeo. Yeah. Volume two. <laughs> <laughs> what an well, amazing man! What an amazing guy he is, man! I think yes, I, 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 I think I think uh, I need to work on getting Ricky versus El Lobo here in somewhere in the area. Oh yeah, he, he, is, first. he is all over the place. I tell you, he he goes back to Puerto Rico from time to time. He he just said he's going to be in Chicago. West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, 
he he is all over the place and he is just an awesome competitor and you know i, I just love watching him in the ring oh absolutely well gentlemen before we have our break and before we have our next guest let me say we try to release some anger or just kind of go freelance on the shoot and shout segment Sound like a plan? Sounds sounds good to me. I don't, I'm not really that angry today, but I mean, I can I can come up with something. You don't have to be angry. Just anything you want to get off your chest for up to a minute. Shoot. <clears throat> well, I, I have a feeling I know what Jeremy's going to talk about. So uh... <laughs> I already said it, so I don't have to oh, say it. Oh, that's right. He did kind of have his shoot. He kind of had a shoot and shout earlier when he went off on. Yeah, Goldberg I'm working on that. another one because <laughs> I already used mine in high spots. <laughs> uh, you want to go first, or yeah, I insist you go first. My okay, friend. all right. Well, let's talk about. I hate we have to do this. It seems like I do this every time I come on here. We have to talk about the internet wrestling community. How they just hate everything. They 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 hate they they hate everything. It doesn't matter. They hate. AEW fans hate what the WWE does. WWE fans hate what the AEW does. I mean, my God, if if a if AEW would have done some of the stuff that they've done in WWE, everyone would have thought it was great. Just it's wrestling. It's cool. You like you like AEW, you like WWE, you like New Japan, AAA, Ring of Honor, MLW, Impact, your local independent wrestling. You know, just don't crap on what other people do. Just go with it. Enjoy it, you know. We almost we almost lost it for almost a year. So, I mean, enjoy it. That's yeah, all I gotta say. No, well spoken. And I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, the IWC is the worst. It, yeah, the worst. That's just putting it lightly. And and they know it. They do, but they don't care. I mean, I've seen. Too many threads of WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, any of that stuff. Um, like, you doing suits and Ring of Honor? Okay, well, when the hell was the last time you saw Ring of Honor? So just be quiet. Quit your bitching. Like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so for my shoot and shout, you know what? It's not going to involve Bill Goldberg. I promise. I thought about continuing it, but no. Okay, so this is what my shoot and shout's about. It's about the world in general. Okay. It's a little tough one. It's a little emotional. So I work in a senior living center. And for a few months, we went without having a positive case of COVID. And just recently, cases started to come up again. We don't know whether it's that new variant they're talking about or not. But... What's frustrating to me is how it happened. And I'm not going to delve into too many details, you know, because HIPAA and it's irrelevant, honestly. But it just shows even during a pandemic, there is such lack of common sense in society. And it absolutely pisses me off to no end. People's lives have been affected for almost a year, over a year now, like Chris said, you know, and a lot of people haven't come out of this alive. A lot of people have tragically lost their lives to this terrible virus and to the new six, variant. Six, six hundred and something thousand in the United States exactly. alone. Exactly. Right. And it's not just seniors. It's 
you know, people middle ages, people younger than that, you know, and I'm not going to try to stand on a soapbox and tell everybody what to do. But I have seen death right in its eyes because of this pandemic. And it's horrible to look at. It's heartbreaking seeing these families grieve over somebody who was totally healthy and then got the virus and died. All right. I'm sick of this shit. I am 100% sick of it. And things can be done about it. So I, I don't have the full answer, but I have to let this out because it is just a very emotional, painful thing for me to deal with on a daily basis. And I feel for all the nurses. I feel for all the doctors. I feel for everybody that works in a hospital that's become overrun. I feel like I feel for everybody Again. who's on the line, day in and day out, busting their ass, risking their lives to save ours. So to those who don't have the common sense, get it. And to those who have common sense, good job having it. And to those who work on the front lines to help rid of this terrible virus forever, thank you. And that's and- all and, and I have I have to follow up on that because it kind of that kind of hits a little bit close to home to me too with what I'm going through with some family issues. Uh, um, my mom is currently in a, a facility like that where you know I have to make an appointment to see her for and I only get to see her once a week for 45 minutes and you know you're behind a plexiglass so it's like it's like you're in a prison so and heck even those whenever it was going on in the first place some of those people died alone because they couldn't see their families because their families couldn't get in there to see them. So exactly. Yeah. People here at where I work, you know, we, they families would get to come in for 20 minutes and that's it. 20 minutes to see them. It wasn't until months later that they were able to even go up in their rooms. And now we're back to square one. We are like Fort Knox right now. Okay. We are straight lockdown. And it's not that we shouldn't be, we need to be right now. Because it's not getting any better. The cases keep rising. But things can get done about it. And we got to work at it. We got to pray about it. We got to just make it's, each day forward better than the day before. It's like, we decide, it's like we decided to stop at the 10-yard line and decided not to punch it in yet. So Right. And then we had the chance to score some points and we missed the field goal. Like, it's just – it's unbelievable. And, you know, like I said, I'm not going to stand on the soapbox and force anybody – but I'm trying to make a point from the perspective that I deal with day in and day out. And for the thousands of frontline workers day in and day out that have to deal with this because it's a thousand times more stressful for them than it even is for me. So, you know, to all those who work in nursing homes, uh, hospitals, anywhere medical wise, you are truly a hero and don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise. Mm. I know it's longer than a minute, but that's what I got. It works for me. (laughs) All right. For my shoot and shout, uh, one of the things that really gets me anymore, and it doesn't matter where you look, is you have all these people. They're sitting in these big offices or, you know, wherever, and they're paid all this money to come up with new inventive – Anyway, you, you get the idea. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're supposed to come up with new cutting-edge ideas. And they say, oh, I've got this really good idea. This is going to be the biggest seller. It's the best thing. Here's what it is. And then they give you 
something recycled that's already been done. Stop it. You have a brain. Use your own brain and come up with your own ideas. Even at my shoot job, which honestly is at a convenience store, we just had a three-hour training on a new cleaning program that they're doing that was the same cleaning program they had when I started 15 years ago. (laughs) You just went to something different, now you're going back. And all these remakes on TV and I, come on, people, use your brain and come up with something real. Come, come up with your own ideas. I hear that one. Here, here. Um, so, so, gentlemen, this time we uh, take a quick drink, preferably one uh, with low alcohol content. Save the rest for the post show. But uh, <laughs> we got to get a quick break in because after the break, ladies and gentlemen. James Brady will be on. That's right. We're having the Captain Bad Attitude himself, and I am very much looking forward to it. So stick around because the Wrestle Talk podcast will be back shortly. Return to the D with Zim and Nick. Step into the mic and psych. A brand new lyricist. I'm here to do what should have been done ten years ago. You can't fuck with me. I'm stepping out the shadows. I'm walking overloaded. I'm ready to explode. I lost all self control. Said it's just like I am. the one slice and I watch the head and roll. It's a lyrical kamikaze when I unload on the mic. I'm in and everything I see is a strong sight. Most of sound like a track with nobody. And you're listening to Russell Talk Radio. Tune in, or I'll come to your house, and I'll blow your fucking larynx out. I'm just kidding. I hate Renee. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the break. <laughs> I've never seen him sound. I've never heard him sound so happy. 
That just kind of caught me by. That just kind of caught me by surprise. Not gonna lie. Just pops on. <laughs> that's what he is. <laughs> hey, that's oh. what you get. That's what you get with your real reaction. That was that was a legit reaction. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> and he thought my shooting shot was, was right. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that is, that's one of the sound bites that. Uh, the Nightmare Jones and myself obtained when we went down to uh, West Virginia to the death matches down there ah. and uh, actually got to meet Madman Pondo and we did several sound bites and uh, that happens to be one of them that we obtained there. So I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for tuning in this evening. It's already been a great show so far. Before we get to what will make it even better is – we have to go through our sponsors because without our sponsors, we would not be here. We would not be here on StreamYard. And, of course, because of you all, we're here doing amazing and better and better every week. So with that said, Austin, I know the routine. Our sponsors are the following. Everything Combat, Kincaid, Esports Bar KC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, the FWWC, and... And uh, we also have Rathbun Engraving. They take care of engraving all of our Russell Talk podcast mugs. If you'd like to get your very own mug, cost $25. You can have your name personally engraved on the mug. Just uh, hit one of us up here with the Russell Talk podcast. We'll be glad to hook you up with it. Um, of course, $25 plus uh, you pay the shipping. And uh, then... Also, we have Me Fiesta Rentals. If you are in the Kansas City area planning any type of party at all, be sure to hit up Me Fiesta Rentals, and they'll be sure to help you out with any of your party needs. Awesome, awesome. Gotta love all those sponsors. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our next guest here on the Russell Talk Podcast. It is a great pleasure to have this gentleman on. He is trained under the guidance of wrestlers such as Ruby Ray's, Kurt Stallion, the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz, and Jimmy Rave. He's wrestled for the past four years. And he's been in promotions such as Glory Pro, Dynamo Pro, Zero One USA Pro Wrestling, and New Wave Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Captain Bad Attitude himself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, James Brady. How's it hey, going? Welcome, welcome, James. How's it going today? How's California? How's California treating you? It's beautiful out here, man. It's beautiful. I can only imagine. I wish here, I was man. out How's there. What's the weather in St. Louis doing right now? Uh, a little, little muggy, but you know how that is. It's summertime in St. Yeah. Louis. You know, we we have a chance yeah. of rain every day, so yeah. <laughs> and we get when we get when we get that same rain every day too. Yeah. <laughs> So, 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 yeah, what have you been yeah, up to? It what really you, rains out where I'm at. So, ah, what what part of California are you in? Um, lots of. I am okay. in SoCal. So, okay. To be specific, I am in San Marcos, California. Okay. Okay. So, what have you been up to lately? Anything exciting in your world? I have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots is going on right now for uh, actually myself and my tag team partner, Savannah Stone. 
Um, we've been very fortunate and very busy during the tough times with COVID. Uh, we've been a part of a very cool school called Level Up. They're down here in San Diego. Um, bunch of talent down there. Love everyone down there. Very blessed to be a part of all of that. But uh, yeah, we've we've been busy. We're making uh, we're making buzz out here. We got intergender matches coming up very soon. We just had a match with uh, Delilah Doom and. and uh, Eli Everfly, and that was really cool. So, yeah, we've we've been pretty busy. That's awesome to hear, man. So, I guess first question I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you is quite simple. It's almost like a standard one, and I know Renee don't like it, but I got you anyway. What <laughs> got you passionate into this wrestling industry? I'm telling you, like, I okay. gotta know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I grew up watching wrestling as a little boy. I remember watching it when I was like seven and I, it really stuck to me because throughout my childhood, I wasn't the popular kid in school, right? So right. I didn't have a lot of friends, but I had something on TV that I really just soaked myself into and believed. I was growing up, I mean, you had, you know, superhero John Cena on there, and you had Triple H and those guys on there, but wrestling for me was always an escape. Um, so to be actually chasing that dream and be a professional wrestler myself, it's it's insane. <laughs> I was going to say, that, I mean, that's about, I mean, that about sums it up for me. I mean, you know, you just get glued to the TV growing up watching it. <laughs> And you're probably happy as can be because you get to see you got a rebirth of John Cena right now that just came back this past week. So I mean, you're probably you're probably feeling yeah. that six year old kid again. <laughs> so, uh, what uh, got you, you to go? Cutting it out. I didn't get all oh, that. Uh, oh. I, I was I was just saying you're probably like a six year old kid with John Cena returning, aren't you? Better than Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> James, can you hear us, my friend? Uh, I can't hear you. I think I'm not. No, no, Pass, I think we might be having some technical difficulties. Uh, what he may need to try to do is come out, uh, go out, and come back in. All right. Well, we might have to do it. All right, folks. We were just experiencing some minor technical difficulties. No big deal. It happened. But sponsorships make it even better to help us out. So James Brady is back as we are trying to work this out. Out Can you hear us now? Can you guys hear me? We can hear yeah. you. Can you hear us? I'll take I can that hear as a little possible. bit. It's very choppy for some reason. Well, uh, let's see. Yeah. Maybe your connection. Do we have a two thousand mile long Ethernet cable for him? That might be my best course of action. That's look. That's all Renee ever tells me is the Ethernet cable. So that's the best yeah. advice I could offer. Hoss, <laughs> uh, so you want to try to help him, uh, and we'll 
I we'll see. You okay. f- yeah. Well, yeah, you work on you work on him, and yeah, the the, big, the, 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 he, line, he the just uh, he just went back out there, all the way back out. Okay, okay. that's fine. That's and yeah. you know things like this happen all the time, but you know what? It's a it's a live show. What do you expect? It's, it's a live right. show. It makes it more entertaining. That way, you know, when everything does work out, it makes it even better because you can finally hear them and get all the good questions. I'm telling you, I've had a great time so far, and there has been so much. You know, with wrestling picking up the Dynamo Pro Show last Saturday, I agree with what you said when you were talking to El Lobo. How the second show back was even more just spectacular than the first. The crowd was into it the entire evening long, and and that main event, that main event, main event. You know, with Warhorse and Adrian Surge for the Dynamo Pro World Heavyweight Championship. It blew my mind, but th- and this is what blew my mind. And I was telling this to Luke after the show. When you think about it, a lot of main event, like a lot of promotions, would have their main event as Ricky Cruz against Camaro Jackson. But that was just the second of three title matches we had on Saturday. That just shows you how Dynamo Pro's going. I mean, they're working their way up, and you know, finally getting things rolling. And that was actually my first show. At Concordia, you know, because I've been going to Dynamo shows for years. I've been in the ones at Stratford, you know, out in Illinois. That was your out- first show at Concordia? Really? That was the first one I've ever been to that was at Concordia. I've been right. to basically everywhere else for Dynamo Pro. I've been out to Columbia, down in Soulard, you know, Alton, Stratford, you name it. But Concordia, that was probably the first one, I believe. All right. Let's, let's try to bring James back in here and see if he can hear us now. All right. Oh, for the best. <laughs> okay, hang on. He went off camera. <laughs> no. Just as I was about to bring him back, he went off camera. Okay, well, we're still working on that. Okay, well, you know, Chris, I do have a question for you. We didn't get to at high spots. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it, we've been going on WWE. But you remember growing up, there was that thing called the per- Forbidden Wall, basically, in pro wrestling, how promotions wouldn't cross with each other. Right. Well, what what do you feel about how now you got Impact, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and AEW just taking a giant sledgehammer to that door and all appearing at Slammiversary? I mean, you have the AEW champion defending the TNA championship on their pay-per-view, and he's wrestling in a hardcore match, which he doesn't even work for Impact. Um and then you have the guys from New Japan, and then they apparently announced a AAA, New Japan, Ring of Honor, every yep. promotion in the book. Uh, it, I believe they even had NWA because Mickey James was there. So. That's true. We did have NWA. And speaking of the NWA, folks, and this is for that St. Louis audience, wrestling at the Chase is coming back, at least for four nights. But I'm telling you, I am so freaking hyped about it like i'm ecstatic i'm trying to go to every show that i can and it's crazy for me because as a guy who grew up you know as a fan of wrestling you know i heard so many stories from my cousin both my grandpas you know my dad my uncle so on so forth about wrestling at the chase with the original st louis wrestling club and my grandpa he's probably the last of a generation that he remembers going to the chase and seeing guys like Gorgeous George and Luthez wrestle and Buddy Rogers. And it's just crazy to think about that, you know, all these years later, 
St. Louis is still the hub for professional wrestling. And now Billy Corgan's bringing the NWA back to St. Louis for at least four nights. Right. The the women's, the women's pay-per-view, the NWA 73, and then the two T to the two TV tapings. So, um, so it's just, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a fun weekend here in St. Louis. So it really will. And, you know, I think, and I also love, and I was telling this to, to some of my friends, um, I love how the media has really given so much attention to this, you know, because even when WWE has events in St. Louis, there's not as much media talk to it. And it's probably just because it's a worldwide promotion, but there's been a lot of TV spots on the local news about wrestling at the I, chase. In the back. I, and, I, and I think the reason for that, and I could be wrong because uh, I've been wrong before, but uh, um, that it's because one, it's a company that, doesn't come around here very often Two, has classic ties to the area at wrestling at the chase. So I think it's just, I, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, it's just one of those, it's just one of those crazy things, you know, I mean, I, it, it's hitting at the right time. Plus again, we're coming out of a pandemic and people are strive for wanting to get back out and amongst the world. So Absolutely. And folks, for those that are in the St. Louis area, or even those that aren't and want to go to these NWA events at the Chase, the events run from August 28th through August 31st. And tickets will range, honestly, anywhere from $30 to probably 100 or more for the first two nights. And then the latter two shows, which I believe are NWA power tapings, as you said, Chris. Right. Um, those tickets, if I remember correctly, are $35 regardless of, you know, where you sit. And it's just amazing because the St. Louis Wrestling Club folded in 1985. So it's been well over 30 years because, you know, you have so many independent promotions out here. You got Glory Pro, you got Anarchy, you got uh, some little company. I've never heard of them that much, but Dynamo Pro, I think they're, I've heard some decent things. Yeah, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good. No. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but it's, it's, it's one of those things there's, the, the NWA in itself is steeped in so much history and it kind of went away for a while, obviously for obvious reasons. And then I remember when they were talking about rebooting it, kind of uh, rebooting it kind of thing. Um, uh, because Dynamo was actually a part was when they, when Dynamo really first started, we used to be, I, I remember we were like an NWA like affiliate for a while. And then, um, and then they decided NWA decided to go back on their own. So it, it's really cool. Um, I know Adam Pierce, when he was champion, he's, he's wrestled, he's defended the NWA title on the dynamo show. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty awesome thing. So I, it's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a great weekend in St. Louis. So I, the, I hope St. Louis is ready for it. I hope so too, but you know what I'm ready for, and I know both of you are ready for. I'm ready to get uh, Captain Bad Attitude back on this. So we're gonna try this one more time, ladies and gentlemen, because he is on a new device. James, you with us? Let's go! There we go. Can, you, you can hear us better now, huh? Yes, we got it. So. There you go. Yeah. Clear as day, moving around, folks. He is yeah. Captain Bad Attitude, James Brady himself. You, 
You do so, not want to mess with him. You don't know him. I'm sorry. <laughs> so a question: What you, I, we talked about your love of wrestling and everything with yeah. John Cena coming back and everything? Uh, what brought you? What made you go and sign up to be to do this crazy thing? You know, to start training to be a wrestler. It was the summer of 2018. My friend at the time that I met in high school was like, hey, man, I'm going to go down to the Limp Brewery and try out pro wrestling. I myself never actually thought about chasing my dream to be a pro wrestler. Um, so when he kind of offered that to me, I was like, yeah, let me give it a day. And I went down there and I took my first what they say bump is and I fell in love with it. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Awesome, awesome. Um, I know that I know one of your first matches I seen you wrestle in was against Ricky Cruz, and he's, he he helped train you. I I believe your chest I believe your chest went home re re like three shades redder than it was when you had. <laughs> You're kind of grabbing your chest now, just thinking about it, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ricky Cruz is a legend, man. I, I've learned so much from him. He's a damn good wrestler and an even better guy. I can't thank that guy enough. He's awesome. But yeah, his chops, I felt them, every single inch of them. <laughs> probably, probably for a couple of days, too. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then you had flashbacks when you thought about it. So it's like. I, I get flashbacks when people chop me over here in California. I'll just think about them. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear people give chops, like if I'm on the other side of the ring or if I'm in the crowd or something, yeah. I feel them. I, I get the red marks just by feeling them. I mean. Adrian Serge's uh, skin went from white to red just because of all the chops he took last week. Yeah. I mean, it was brutal. Um, so I wanted to ask you, James, about the Level Up Pro Wrestling School. Why don't you tell the fans a little bit more about that? So we moved out of St. Louis in 2020 around June. We came down to Level Up around a few, more, a few months after that. Um, the school is based out of La Mesa, California. Um, okay. and we're taking all students, so please come. Um, lots of talent is in that school. It's producing out, I believe, some of the best wrestling that there is out there today. I'm very glad to be a part of it. Like we also talked about under the training of B-Boy as well. That guy is amazing. So very grateful for the school and along with him. And I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe on August 8th uh, will be your next upcoming live show there. Yeah. And you will actually be taking, you will be facing uh, Sweet Robin Shaw. Is that correct? Yes, sir. You got it. I can't wait to get my hands back on him. Oh, my uh -oh. gosh. That, there sounds like there's a story there with him. Did he yeah. What's the story? <laughs> See, people want to know where I get this attitude from. I'm going to tell you where I get it from. Okay. We had a tag team match. It was me, a level up student. His name is J2 Mattioli. Me and him were a tag team, and we had a tag team partner come out and team up with us. His name is Cam August. Match went on. Near the end of the match, Cam August got in a little bit of trouble, asked if I could come in and help him out. So I got in the ring, and he super kicked me in the face. Turned on me, turned on J2, and joined the Enterprise. So... Come August 8th, it's more of a, it's a bittersweet feeling for me. Justice will be served. <laughs> you, you, you look really, you look like you're ready to get your hands on him. Dude, I'm telling you, that super kick, it took me completely out of the ring, over the top rope, hit the ground hard as hell, and 
I'll tell you what, came August, man. Kid kicks hard. <laughs> well, folks, tickets for that show will be $10, I believe, and yes. it will take place Sunday, August 8th yep. from at, starting at 5 p.m., and it is in La Mesa, California, yes, off sir. El Asian Boulevard. Yep, it's right behind the Level Up School. We do it right in okay. the parking lot that we have back there so we can social distance and do what we need to do. So, so what has been your favorite match of your career so far? Have you do you have one or two favorites? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, definitely my you know OG favorite one. I don't know if you guys have saw it yet, but it was at Well. Uh, I went against Savannah Stone. It was my first intergender match, and it put me at a new level. And she teaches me still every day. So that was definitely number one. And number two, uh, we just ended up working. Hunter Freeman and Ruby Ray's out here. Um, very big deals. Um, very awesome match as well. Um, so those two, I think, are the, my top favorite right now. Top two favorite. See what I did there? Yeah, top two. <laughs> Is that part of your gimmick? Top two? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, I, rem I remember these things. So. <laughs> you guys know your stuff. Tell us about your experience out in uh, Dynamo Pro. I know they've been a frequent uh, topic for us tonight, so might as well keep the ball rolling with them. But uh, what was it like working with Dynamo Pro? I had no bad experiences. I loved it. I loved working with them. I loved the locker room especially, um, talent crew, all of it. Um, very blessed to have my time shared there. Uh, you guys are talking about Adrian Surge. Yes, sir. That's one guy I have yet to chop it up with. I was wanting to chop it up Ooh. with him, and we never got to cross paths. But. Uh, he's the he's the he's the Dynamo Pro champion right now. So he's, yeah, he has he had he had his hand, him. yeah he had his hands full this past weekend with a I don't know some guy that we you probably heard of Warhorse. I don't know you've oh, heard yeah. of Warhorse. Oh, yeah, I know who I know who Warhorse is. Yeah. <laughs> he also got a boot tattoo on his back. It's yeah, his, the, he got stomped so hard he had a boot he had a boot imprint on his back. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so we were trying to get it signed that said "Property of Warhorse" on it after the show. Ah, yeah. Um, it was. It is. It definitely left a mark. It was like finding a blues clue in a wrestling ring. I'm telling oh, yeah. you. Um, but so you've had the pleasure of working in so many different promotions. Like I said in the intro, you know, Glory Pro, Wrestle Over Everything, um, Heavy Metal Wrestling. Now, there's one that folks aren't maybe as familiar with. Tell us a little bit about heavy metal wrestling. Yeah, so heavy metal, we went out to Texas for that back in 2019. Um, that was really cool to be able to work there. Um, I ended up showing up, and it was it, – it's weird because this Texas show had, like, 16 matches on the card at the time. So it was going to be a long night. Thankfully, I yeah. was first. But, yeah, um, loved working there. Loved working uh, – I worked with uh, – I can't think of his name. It's, it's, it was back in 2019. That feels like another life ago. But right. yeah, I, I understand that. It was awesome. We ended up doing a double shot that weekend. We also went to Sabotage too. And we met Delilah Doom there. So yeah, that was a really good weekend. So you've wrestled for the past four years. Yes, and, sir. you know, when I talk about like all those promotions you were part of, What's it like to be, I mean, okay, four years is a long time in the industry. Honestly, one week as a wrestler is a long time because you're, you're taking it one way or another. But what's it like in such that short time span compared to some of the others, like El Lobo, who we just had on, who's wrestled for 13 years. Yeah. What's it like wrestling in all of those different promotions 
in such a wide area in such a short amount of time? So I tried, that's a good question. I've never been asked this, but um, I think for me, it was such a huge step in my career um, because there is a thing called territories, as I think all of you are aware of working in front of Chicago fans and working in front of, let's say, for instance, Chattanooga, Tennessee, they like things that Chicago people might not like, you know? So being exposed to so many different territories at such a young age in my career, um, I think really put me ahead. I'm very grateful for it, but um, I learned so much and I'm still learning. Right. Well, yeah, they always say that if you're not learning, you're not you're not trying in a, in a wrestling business because there's always a veteran back. There's most I should say I shouldn't say every show. Most shows have a vet have one of the veterans in the back that will be willing to sit and talk to you or watch yeah. their shows. Or I mean, I mean, Ricky, I mean, obviously with Ricky and, and Sadie yeah. here in St. Louis and yeah. um, I'm sure I bet. You said something about B-Boy out in California yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, who are some of your favorite vets to, like, just pick their brain? Who's your favorite vet to pick their brain on? Definitely B-Boy right now. Ruby Rays and B-Boy. Um, and I can't stress this enough, but um, Ruby Rays especially is, like, a genius. I think women in this industry are the backbone of this industry. They're the reason why we're here. Um, so you learn a lot from – females in the industry for sure but one of my two favorite vets that I, I take try to take from and plug in for myself would definitely be b-boy and ruby rays awesome yeah and it's just it's just amazing how sometimes those those veterans they have so much knowledge and they and they yeah. want to give it out they want to give it out but there's a lot of times nowadays that these up and so some of the up-and-comers just don't want to listen they just want to do what they want to do and get in get in their stuff and go home and not not take any constructive criticism. So I have always tried to live by the motto um, that a great wrestler will never, ever stop learning. Um, and I was also told that, you know, to not stay in one place for too long to get in that car ride and go, go the extra mile. Even if you're not getting paid, it's good. Trust me. So for me to, be, be the be the be, be the extra in the be uh, I back in the day it was always like be the extra in the car you never know because they may uh, someone may not show up and hey have yeah. your if you have your gear on you and they know that you, yeah. and someone can vouch for you you never know you know it's happened many a times to me so yeah absolutely I laziness is a big factor in today's business I believe so well they, they see they 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 want to go from their first match to TV and, and, and 10 weeks flat, you know, they don't want to, no one wants to, doesn't seem like anyone wants to put in the work because it's not just, it's not just the in ring work. It's the off camera. Yeah, it's, the, it's the, it's the promo yeah. work. It's the telling of the story. Yeah. It's the, you know, there's it, a lot of work that we have to do. I think the great wrestlers have to do outside of the ring that it, it doesn't go spoken about, you know, like you're talking about with the promos and everything. There's only so much that you can learn physically in that ring. It's up to you to understand the other half of it when you leave. To tell so. to tell this to tell this to tell the story to make it make it look smart, make it just not look like yeah. it's like a whole bunch of kicks and kicks and drop kicks and stuff like that, you know. To me, wrestling has always been an art. Uh, yes. Growing up watching Bret, Bret Hart, Eddie Guerrero, watching those guys <laughs> like that's the guys I really idolize when I when I take from people, you know, like 
they had such an art when they moved, when they breathed, they had a reason for everything that they did. So that's how that's, I kind of try to take from that. Try to make here's, here's, you know, growing up, talking about growing up and watching wrestling, you know, the era that we both grew up on watching female wrestling, women's wrestling, I should say, is definitely different than what women's wrestling is today. Yeah. Where it's focused yeah. more on athleticism as opposed to just, you know, the looks and all those it's stipulation matches. Yeah, and I wanted to get your thoughts on what it's like, how we've grown through those eras of seeing the women get their proper appreciation, you know, and Savannah Stone's obviously a perfect example, you know, she, I, she's an outstanding wrestler in her own regard, and, you know, she's, she's willing to take on men and women, and a lot of uh, women wrestlers are willing to do that these days, um, because they're given that opportunity, it's not that they never could. It's because they were never That's given that chance. Yeah, a lot of them, yep. It was not having the opportunity to, or the enough time to do what you needed to do. I, I, I love seeing women succeed in today's industry. I, I just love it. They're the back, like I said earlier, they're the backbone of why we're here. They're the draw. Exactly, yeah. You know, and not only that, but I feel like women, are, they're just more talented than us guys are. They got to do a lot more things that us guys, we kind of get away with it. We're bigger. We, we can move a little bit differenter. Women, they have to make sure that they're doing everything a-okay all the time. And there's a lot of things that they have to take in up here that a lot of us guys don't have to all the time. So yeah, seeing women get their due is definitely heartwarming. I, I, I remember I, – yeah, I remember when uh, Savannah first started. Uh, she came in with a group of like three, three with a two D and a uh, and Rain, and they those three together did really good. They tore in the house. But when Savannah would Savannah would wrestle, uh, I believe one of my favorite matches, and she wrestled the Snitch, and you know she, that was a great match. Uh, Rain wrestled CJ Shine, and it was a great match. So I mean, you can have a great intergender match and not make it be yeah. the typical, not make it be the typical. Oh, the man is just dominating yeah, because he's so much yeah. bigger. I right. I hate that. You gotta you gotta be realistic about it. You know, don't you going in there and doing that belittles them. And it right. yourself well. Right. And, you know, so to be able for them to start showcasing, being able to showcase what they can do, I mean, it's better because, you know, they're main eventing, they're doing intergender matches, they're they're really showing us how they're they're, they're 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 wrestling in ladder matches and hell in the cell matches now. Yeah. So it's like I yeah. mean, they're blowing the roof off the place. I'm telling you, I like love it. I love every second of it. I can't get enough of it. Absolutely. Um, so here's my question: What was it like wrestling against Savannah Stone? You know, we talk about teaming with her, but what was it like wrestling against her? <laughs> I'll tell you what: I'm gonna be straight with you, bro. It's better to be on her on her good side than it is. <laughs> I'm gonna be straight with you. <laughs> I'm gonna be straight with you. Um, going against Savannah Stone, I like I said before, like it it was a game changer for me. It, it really was. Um, I just it was definitely monumental for me as well. Um, I loved it. It was amazing. I mean, tagging with is even better, but working wrestling <laughs> against her, it's. Uh, <laughs> like you said, it's better to be on her good side than her bad side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Um, so, okay, I got another question for you, and then yeah, yeah, I will yeah. pass it over to Rodell. 
So talking about who you've wrestled, you know, some of your upcoming matches, what was, what is one match against a seasoned vet? Let's say with over 10 years of experience that you really want to be able to get your hands on in the ring. Oh, I'm making. I'm picking up the rain. I'm making the thing. I got it. Who? Ar Fox. Okay. Huh? I think mm-hmm. there you go. I want. I want a piece of Ar Fox. I mean, that guy is simply. I think he's underrated, in my opinion. But yeah, I would. I would love so. to. Uh, I'd love to learn a little bit from him. And see, that's a and that's a great thing about it too. When you face off against these vets, it's. You know, yeah. well, it, I look at it. I look at it. One thing I said all week was called paying your dues. And that, like, when I was helping with Dynamo Pro with some stuff, it was paying your dues, learn from the vets, be respectful and everything. To go into the ring, you know, with the vet, I mean, that's an experience of and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you can either take it one of two ways. You can try to fight with them or try to learn from them. I yeah. myself, I try to, I try to take and learn as much as I can as I go. I know that I am not always right, and I'm always willing to learn and learn different ways. And I, to me, in wrestling, like there's so much to learn. Like, and that's the best thing about wrestling, in my opinion, is like you can never stop learning. So, yeah, I, I love working vets, and I'd sure as hell love to work AR Fox. All right, well, there we go. Going along that same line, what is one superstar like main like a leg let's say a legend um that that you could wrestle if they were in their prime? Oh man. Okay, so dude's still kind of in his prime. He's over in New Japan. His name is Tamatonga. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I, I don't know if he would survive that because he's kind of he's kind of crazy. So yeah, maybe yeah. Well, I would love to again get that opportunity and learn as much as I could. I you, pro- you probably would, you'd love to go to I, a lot of people have said Japan is like their dream trip to do make. So it's a I love to see the business there. there. Yeah, I want to get over there. Definitely, it's a whole other world from what I hear. Hmm. So. And I love the respect that, I mean, you see these crowd, people always talk about how the crowds are silent. No, they're paying respect. You had mentioned earlier, James, how wrestling to use an art yes, and yes. that, and that's just their way of respecting the art. And, you know, the matches there are outstanding. So yeah, I agree. It'd be a dream come true to just feel that experience of being at a new Japan show, you know, yeah. Whether it be at the Tokyo Dome or a smaller venue, it would just be something to cross off that bucket list. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I'll stay out of the ring. You can go in the ring all you want against whoever you want. Right. I'm going to stay in the stands and be like this and applaud you because, right. no, I will literally get my head clean kicked off out this window if I go in there with that. If Tomatong goes to me, I'm not doing it. I see the pile drivers that are done in New Japan. I do not have the spine for that. <laughs> Physically and mentally. Definitely a different style over there. I, I love the whole stuff. Um, so I, I do have a question. And sure. so it, speaking of wrestling styles, actually, it was where sure. I was transitioning this to. 
have you ever felt like you've had to adapt your style? What gave you your, was it just your training that gave you your style of wrestling? What made you want to do the style that you currently possess in the ring? So that's a, that's a good question. Thank you for asking. Well, my pleasure. As a pro wrestler, I try to take everything that has happened in my life up to this point right now. I'm sitting in front of you guys. I try to take all of that, the, the bad along with the good. And I try to think, you know, what makes sense for me to do? And my style right now, I would like to say, is more of a striker-based technical side. Um, very much so. Um, for me, it wasn't that I been training. Like, I went to seminars like Ultimo Dragon, Lucha, oh. for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we got that. So then maybe we go to, like, a different seminar with, like, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You're going to learn a little bit different from him than how you learn from Ultimo Dragon, right? There's different right. styles. So I always try to take a little bit out of each style and make it mine. I try to make it make sense and make it mine. Excellent. No, absolutely. Um, I do a lot of things with my wrestling. <laughs> But, right, but that's, I, I, that's great. I, that's wonderful. I, I've seen you. I've seen you go flying a little bit too. So don't, don't, don't. You have a little bit of the high flyer in you. Yeah, if it calls for it, you never know, man. If it's <laughs> working with those vets, man, might I might have to whip out something off the top rope, you know? Right. You know, I think there's the old saying, like a man's most dangerous when he's backed into a corner. But I think it's when yeah. you're really in a tight spot in a wrestling ring against whether it be, you know, an up-and-comer or a seasoned vet where you're going to have to, you know, even though you're not wearing a shirt in the ring, you just got to pull that trick out your sleeve and yes. be like, come up with something new. Really try to get a new something, you know. I'm, I myself, <laughs> right, I'm six foot one, so I don't really come across a lot of people who are kind of taller than me right now. Um, but I do come across people that are taller than me. I have to whip out some stuff off the ropes just to get them off their feet sometimes. So I'm five five, so I'm not one of them. <laughs> okay, well there we go. But yeah, I try to stay diverse with everybody I wrestle against. <laughs> well, that's awesome, and I and see, and I really admire the amount of heart and dedication you put into every aspect and avenue of your career because. You know, some people, I think one of my favorite moments, you know, when it can't, comes to the whole industry of professional wrestling, okay. it was when Triple H asked the inaugural class of Tough Enough why they did this. Why were they there? And some of them were talking about, you know, an extra thing to do, something new, some thought of the fame. But, you know, I talked to guys like such as yourself and Adrian Surge, Camaro Jackson. Yes. Yeah. And they talk about love for it, the love that they have for this industry yeah. and means to them and how much they've poured into it. And it's just, it's just kick ass that you guys, you know, are able to pour so much into it and make sure that every show you do is better than the show you've done the last show you did. Absolutely. For myself, like piggying off of that, like I, I try to, um, take away when I can, so, um, yeah, I completely agree. Chris, do you have anything you'd like to no, add? No, I, I think I think we've covered all the bases here with uh, 
James. He's a let let it let us into his little into his head of what he's thinking about the wrestling business. So, well, with that, then I know. Then I have one final question for James, and thankfully, it doesn't re- require a whole in-depth analysis from him. So I know you'll like this. Will you be willing to take on Chris in tonight's Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge? Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. All right, All right Hoss. I, I don't think I've ever won one of these though, so I just want you to know that. So <laughs> let me make it clear. Let me make it clear. I cannot tell you the last time. The last time a host won one of these, it was when Renee and Joe went against each other. That's to <laughs> win this. So we'll see if it ends tonight, but. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Hoss, hit that music. All right, Haas, take it away, my friend. All right. Well, I did have a couple questions earlier, but you know what? You all must have been peeking at my paper because you you took my questions. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris, no more peeking at my paper, okay? Because no reading the answers. Okay. I'll I'll try not to. So, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contestant is... Sorry, tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are the big sexy Chris Rodell and the Captain Bad Attitude James Brady. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know what the answer to the question is, just shout out your answer. Tonight's Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge category is titled The Military. I will give you information about three famous professional wrestling personalities who spent time in the United States military. When you think you know who I'm talking about, please shout out your answer. The first person to win two out of three falls will win tonight's contest. Are there any questions, gentlemen? Nope, let's do it. Okay, and if you shout out your answer and it's not right, you can continue to shout out answers. This is not a one-time deal. Okay. So, question number one. This third-generation wrestler is a multi-time champion in the WWE. He went into professional wrestling after serving in the U.S. Marines. The last time that we saw him on WWE television, he was teaming with Riddle and RK-Bro. Randy Orton. Randy Orton is correct. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize he was in the military. Actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, then he went AWOL. Dishonorable oh. discharge. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, officer. RK bro. <laughs> Question number no. two. This two-time WWE Hall of Famer spent time in the U.S. Army before wrestling in WCW and the WWE. He's a former WWE and WCW champion and a member of the original now alongside NWO, sorry, alongside Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall. 
Who would that be? The, the, the Kevin Nash. That is correct. I had to think about I that for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I didn't even realize he was in the arm. Right. Yeah, see that? Know. I don't think I knew. <laughs> All right, so we have one fall apiece between Chris Ooh. Rodell and James Brady. Question number three. This is for all of the marbles, gentlemen. This professional wrestler is a former NXT and WWE tag team champion. A former U.S. Marine, he is one half of the Street Profits tag team and is married to WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair. Oh. Oh. Uh, Which one is married to Belair? Um. Well, you got a 50-50 shot. I was gonna say, just shit. His last, his last name starts with an M. I thought. Uh, is it? Is uh, it? Uh, it, it, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it Ford? Montez Definitely. Ford is correct. <laughs> Oh my god, a host one! Oh my god! <laughs> I my, my brain my brain went completely blank for a second there. Absolutely. Hell yeah. So Damn. Chris Rodell, you hey. have won the Wrestle Talk Podcast Challenge. Hit the music. Congratulations, Chris Rodell. Well, James, thank thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Before we let you go, you want to throw out all your social medias, your Facebooks, your Twitters, your Instagrams. Twitter is uh, the Brady J15. Instagram you can find me on is official Brady J15, and Facebook is James Brady. Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you have a YouTube channel out there or? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We'll, uh, get we'll get there. Okay. Well, James, it was good talking to you again. Uh, tell Savannah I said hi. Uh, it's wait, been too wait, long since we've seen. Wait a minute. No, oh, hang on. Wait a minute. You didn't think I'd come empty-handed now. Come on. Uh-oh. Come Uh-oh. On. He just left. What's up, Savannah? How are you hey, doing? It has, been, it has been too long since I've seen you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I know. It's been a while. It feels like forever. Right. You enjoying California? I am. Yeah. It's awesome out here. Good, good, good. Well, I'm glad I got to see you. I hope I hope you hope you don't make yourself a stranger and you get back in town sometime soon. Of course. The time will come, I promise. Yeah. The top right. two will be back. Awesome. You know it. Baddest in the best. That's how I look at it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for being here. And we're glad to have you as part of the Wrestle Talk family. And one last bit of business, just please promise us that you will come back for us again. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, thank, thank, thank you, James. You have a good rest of the evening, and we'll talk to you have, soon. Have a good night, James. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you guys so much for having me. You guys stay safe now. You as well, my friend. Thank, thank, thank you. you very much. That was James Brady live on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Well, gentlemen. What a hell of a show we have had tonight! Wow, this is this this two hours has seemed like it flew by. I mean, I mean it always it, it always goes by fast. We had two great guests, a lot of good topics and hot uh, high spots, and 
you know, even with a little bit of technical difficulty, hey, that happens. That's what happens when you're live. Exactly. You know what? We bounce back. We adapt. We evolve, and we put on a kick-ass show. That, that technical difficulty would be just be like if a ring rope broke in the middle of a match, and that's happened to me a couple. That's happened to me a couple times, and in, in on oh the show. Uh, yeah, really? it was. It, 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 it's always fun having to stall while they're trying to fix the fix it. So I mean, right. <laughs> well, before we go, gentlemen, before we give our closing thoughts, I'm going to plug these lovely. Sponsors one more time, because if it wasn't for them, like I always say, we wouldn't be where we are today here at the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And they are as follows. They are Everything Combat, Kincaid, Esports Bar KC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, the FWWC, and... Rathbun Engraving, where they uh, where they hand engrave every one of our Wrestle Talk podcast mugs. You can get your name engraved on them as well. They are only twenty five dollars plus shipping. So you know, if you want a Wrestle Talk podcast mug, feel free to hit us up. We will get one out to you. And also, Me Fiesta Party Rentals. If you are in the KC area having any type of party. Hit up Me Fiesta, and they will be glad to help you with that. Even if it's an FWWC party or a Wrestle Talk podcast party, whatever, I'm sure they can help you out with that. Oh yeah. Well, gentlemen, do you guys have any closing thoughts for uh, no, us? Um, thank you, thank you for letting the uh, the uh, eighth string eighth string host on tonight. <laughs> That's a little joke that we, you know. <laughs> Um, I'm only on every once in a great while. So, but I love being on here. This a Russell talk family. I've been part of the family for a while. Uh, Joe and Renee and Haas and Maestro. And I guess even that CG, the, uh, that Dick Douglas guy out in, uh, uh, wherever he is right now, the city on the Hill. So, yeah. well, well nowhere. you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure they're happy that they get to see somebody's face other than the normal ugly faces. They always see. Don't don't talk about Joe that way. I knew you were gonna say that too. <laughs> Shots um, fired! Shots fired! <laughs> so wait a minute. Hang on. There's one thing we haven't done yet tonight. What? All right. So what if I told there's one thing, and this involves you, Haas. Oh. What if I told you I actually thought Bill Goldberg coming back was a good idea? What do you think somebody would say, Hoss? We would check. We would check to make sure that you're okay. If you posted that on Facebook, that would be your that would be your notice that uh that that something was wrong. Because you you know you always see those memes that says post something that you would know that I'd be that there'd be something wrong with me. I think that might be it. Well, we that, know what that or a uh, a certain person might have something to say. Uh, there he is. There's that lovable son of a gun himself. Well, folks, it has been an absolute pleasure doing another show with you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope everybody stays well. You know, things stay safe out there. Stay safe, stay well. And always remember life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Have a good night, folks. Talk to y'all later. This is Jimmy fucking Lloyd, and you're listening to the Wrestling Talk Podcast.